0: Hey this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. This one's great, it's with Tim Taylor from Pizzatola's Barbecue in Houston, Texas. I'm going to try to make this intro short and sweet because I want to get right into the interview. It is awesome. This place has been open for 87 years. Tim has an innate ability to tell these wonderful stories, and I'm a sucker for history, and we talk all about the history of this place, and you are going to be fascinated. The journey of this barbecue joint itself has been really incredible. And what's really intriguing is that during the pandemic, that forced them to... Take another look at the restaurant. If you had been there even 10 years ago or five years ago, this is a different restaurant. Still a lot of the favorites that Mr. and Mrs. Davis had at the beginning, but they've added about 20 30% of the menu to cater to a modern audience. They got an offset pit for all their meats that don't have bones on them. He talks about their old... Grandfathered in pits, which sound fantastic and killer, and so interesting. I can't wait to see them. So there's there's a lot to this. It's also a sit down restaurant, so that's interesting. That it's not meat market style. It's not line up. You come in, sit down. So it's quite unique. So I'll I'll let Tim tell the rest of the story as I pepper him with questions. But I can't thank him enough for taking the time. I really know that you're going to enjoy this thoroughly. Thank Darren Whitebeard Photography for connecting us. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Stay safe. And visit your local barbecue joint.
1: Oh, it's Computers getting are, better.
0: It's getting better, though. I'm glad you this is this is the better part of the day,
1: right? Absolutely.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you for taking the time. And I'm glad and thank Darren too for set helping sure. set this up. Because this is something that I I've, I've want to talk to you guys for a while. And, and we've had our little hits and misses. But this is a okay. fi- finally happening. And uh, how are like how are you doing right now? How's your mindset right now? Is it it's, it's stress, but it's it is it? I'd like people it's to know great. because this is real restaurant stuff.
1: This is real restaurant stuff.
0: Yeah, computer stuff. This is stuff, real right?
1: restaurant stuff. When everything craters, <laughs> when the whole world craters in one day, oh. and it's the you know end of one month, beginning of another. Well, oh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. It's, you know, if you had met me five years ago, they would be broken glass right now. But now oh. I'm much calmer. So you're like you're becoming
0: more zen. You're you're you have a quiet place you're going to somehow in your like Just old. <laughs> too
1: tired. You're a, I'm just too tired, tired. to break I'm stuff. Old. I'm just too old. Uh, so
0: let's let's talk about the restaurant and can you pronounce sure. it so that way people know? Sure. sure.
1: About... The pronunciation is Pizzatolas. So we have Pizzatolas written on the outside, and people come in all the time thinking it's a pizza parlor. Uh, <laughs> it's an Italian Italian food. restaurant. <laughs> But it it it's Pizzatola's, which is the name, uh, which is the last name of the second man to helm the ship here uh, yeah. was Gary Pizzatola. He decided to change the name from Shepherd Drive Barbecue, which it had been at that point for about 50 years, uh, to his last name. And he will even tell you that that's the biggest mistake that he ever made.
0: I even read a quote from him. But he, he will say, he, he, he will that, admit yeah.
1: it. Yeah, he'll admit it. And, you know, it's too late now to go to go back mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't because it's been this name since oh say 84 85 so uh what's that 40 years down yeah it's almost 40 it, years yeah, yeah so, so i mean it, it was 40 years one name 40 years another name give or take on both of them so you know it is what we are
0: and then how far away so then how far away was the original restaurant shepherd's was that
1: like a stone well, away or? Well, um, the original building in 1935 was a block away from where we sit today. The building in which we sit today was built in 1959, and was built as Shepherd Drive Barbecue. And Shepherd Drive Barbecue operated in this building from '59 until '85. Original building was torn down to make way for the interstate.
0: The 10, right?
1: The I-10, yeah,
0: <laughs> that, that you could take from California all the way to Florida, all the
1: way to yeah, from coast to coast. <laughs> it's it's actually and, a, and guess what, half that time's in Texas, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've often thought that would be an interesting road trip to take. It's, it's what and, is it? Nine hundred miles in Texas on I-10? Yeah, nine hundred. Oh, that's a third almost. It's a third. Yeah, really, it is about a third. Yeah, it really is about a third. Third of the time you'd be in Texas.
0: Wow, so that's interesting. That's so. If people want to think in their minds how large Texas is,
1: right there, it's a third. It it's a third of the width of the of the of the United States. Oh, that's crazy. That's Those that's really that's an interesting. That. I think I'd lose on Jeopardy with that answer, but <laughs> but it's it you makes know, no, it kind of, you to you me. Say it makes it work for me. You say it with enough conviction. Conviction.
0: All, all it takes is conviction. So then, how did they move though? Because I'm curious about the process. How did they move the pits? They just Brick?
1: By brick. Okay. Brick by brick. He dismantled them. Uh, remember, he wasn't working with a whole lot of money. Uh, so he dismantled them and then reassembled it back here. And is- in fact, we've had the pits here redone twice. And we're getting ready to have one done a third time. And the guy up the charge again. He goes, because you know I have to take each one of these bricks, clean them, clean wow. all the mortar off, clean the brick to reinstall and we go, yeah, you do, you know, wow, yes, that's... you have to, because it's, it's part of the story of, of what we are is that these are still the original pits. Love that. You know, it's like an old house that has 20 coats of paint on it. It's still mm-hmm. the original house, you know? Mm-hmm. So we go through that extra expense. Actually, the price went up almost $1,800 just to clean those bricks and, and reuse them. It would be cheaper to buy new bricks, Yeah, but you can't do that.
0: Yeah, well there's history in those bricks. There's a soul. Like
1: it's I there's I feel flavor like flavor in those bricks. There's flavor, yeah. Yeah. I definitely so feel that it. way. You do so, so how did so then they started they started their business. It was a husband and a wife, right? And a husband then... and a wife. They started it. Uh, interesting story. The way the story's always been told to me, and I believe it because I've heard it from their offspring. Miss Davis had an uncle in Jasper, Texas, which is okay. deep east Texas, almost to Louisiana. Okay. That barbecued on the weekends behind a paint and varnish shop where he worked during the week as a stocker. Okay. Got okay. that? Yeah. Yeah. It
0: makes sense. Yeah.
1: Where the Davises lived was about two blocks from the, the, the rail yard here. Okay. Mr. Davis was a Pullman Porter. And so he would be on the trains during the week as a Porter going back and forth, back and forth, basically along what would become i-10 and so he wasn't home during the week and miss davis just was raising three kids and didn't like that idea and so she said go on the weekends drop off the train further east go spend some time with my uncle he'll teach you how to barbecue come on back here we'll start selling barbecue on the weekends oh that's oh wow so, so the original barbecue was in the back of their home okay they had converted a back room in the house to a restaurant, so to speak. And in there was the pit. And we have a picture of the house. And oh, it was yeah. a white wood frame house. And there was a back door. And you can see the smokestack coming next to the back door. Oh, that's so neat. And and he built a sort of a little wooden counter. And black sat on one side of the counter. White sat on the other side of the counter. And he barbecued with her. And they served it. Wow. And so they started this restaurant in in there amazing and it became wildly popular he made a whole bunch of money so when the federal government came in and and took his land by eminent domain he just moved down two blocks and bought this entire city block which his family still owns the dirt best investment they ever the best investment ever ever uh ever (laughs) so they're still involved in the restaurant they still have a a connection to the restaurant because mm-hmm. it's their land. Mm-hmm. Mr. Davis's daughter, who inherited the building and the business, right, and the building after mother died first, daddy died second, up until the time she died. And she died during COVID. But she'd come up in here and she'd walk around, you know, hunched over and, and say, How's my daddy's barbecue today? Now, daddy had been dead 50 years, yeah, right? Yeah. So no one knew who in the world she was, but she'd walk around uh. like. She Growing up in the dining room, going like, "How's my daddy's barbecue?" Because she was a waitress here when the, when the when her parents oh. had, had the restaurant. So her daughter now, which is Mister Davis's granddaughter, has this along with uh, her brother and her sister's children. So she's technically our landlady. Wow! Uh, and she has a strong connection again to her grandfather's uh, barbecue.
0: Oh, of course. So, so the original location was out of their house it out wasn't their house okay i yeah. was confused i thought that there was like their their house and then they went to a barbecue place and that got no no no. it, no, it was eminent domain because was all those
1: homes that were taken I don't I, don't, I don't I think we've screwed it to the wall because it was taken down so many times but i can get you a picture it was their home you know okay actually, that's i think that's fascinating people will house. love to
0: hear that that's yeah, so they fascinating lived in the
1: front part of the house and operated the business out of the back so mr davis goes to Jasper enough times, learns the tricks of the trade, comes Crazy. here. Miss, Mrs. Davis, as, as I was told the story, now I I met neither one of them, but she would actually work the pits along with him. And so she might be one of the early, if not the yeah. early yeah. female yeah. pit mistresses. And they worked it hard and they built really a phenomenal, his business card uh, had the same world's greatest barbecue man. <laughs> he considered himself the world's greatest and there's a whole story about him and we still have customers come in and and, you know love to tell the stories about i remember growing up and mr davis and mr davis and all this kind of stuff And, and they really were great to this neighborhood he he was sort of the way i've been told the stories was sort of like the the neighborhood godfather so to speak if you wanted to do business in this neighborhood you came to him <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he helped develop a lot of the housing in the neighborhood they helped wow. develop the church where miss davis was laid to rest mr davis everybody will tell you this story about him he was an avid baseball he was a baseball fanatic okay and every october he would just shut the restaurant down just lock the door and he put a sign up gone gone to the World Series, and he would go to all of the playoff games and the World Series, no matter where it was in the country, (laughs) flew flew first class, sat behind home plate, went, went, you know, he had the wherewithal and the ability to do that, and he'd always take a customer with him, and he did that until the day he died. And everyone knew, you don't go there in October because he's not going to be there.
0: And this came from he was working on a train,
1: to an, to an idea
0: from his wife or, or prodding from his wife to keep him correct. around, correct. To this to, help and raise to, the to, kid. to us talking right now, it's that is fascinating,
1: that amazing, is really you know, amazing. Pretty, I, I love this. And and you have to remember the the times in which we're talking. We're talking the 30s to the 80s, yeah. okay. And a lot takes place. Oh yeah. In Texas during that time, you know, this was this was a segregated restaurant. It was, uh, you think about all the things. He didn't have refrigeration here when he started because it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. You know, he got his meat in, he cooked it, yeah. served it, and that was it. Yeah. All, all these sort of things that we take for granted, a large part of his business, I find this the most fascinating, uh, a, a large part of his business was, was to go. Now, we think nothing of to-go today, right? Yeah. But he he built a to-go business when there were no styrofoam containers. Yeah, that's so, true. No, no nothing. And, and how it went up until right before COVID, people would still come in with a pot and go, I want barbecue to go up to here. And they pointed some imaginary line, or they come in with a mason jar and go, Uh, I need some sauce or I need some, they would bring their own vessels. And it was, we still have, we have one customer. uh, He's a pretty prominent priest here in town and he's about, I guess, mid to late fifties. And when he was growing up, his grandmother lived down the street and his grandmother would hand him the pot and say, go up the street and get me some barbecue. And uh, we had one old man, like he died during COVID, and he had this same avocado green pot. And we tried, can't tell you how many times we tried to purchase the pot from him mm-hmm. or buy him a new set of pot, whatever he wanted, just so we could have the pot. And he said, "No, this was my mother's, and my mother used to send me down here, and this is how I want it because this is how I know it." So in a way, he developed this unusual to go. Yeah. And, and what was interesting was this was a predominantly uh, black neighborhood back then, uh, but a sort of middle class black neighborhood. These people would go to work. A lot of them worked taking care of the big homes and river roads for the oil people, and they would bring food. And the people for whom they worked would go, man, that smells great. Where did you get that? So he started having these people come here to eat. But the dining room was segregated, so they couldn't come in. So they'd go around the back door, which is where he served the white patrons out back, and they ate out back while the dining room up front was for his wow. it was like reverse segregation. That's
0: yeah. mm-hmm. exactly how I was gonna say that. It,
1: it, it, yeah, and so uh this this place uh is a lot more than just you know, slices. It's not brisket. just yeah, it's not yeah, just it's food. It's not, it's it's not it's... food. It it it's not it's, it's history it's, it's visceral it's and visceral is a great word visceral is a great word to describe sort of what we are so so one of the hardest things we have to to convey is that to our customers mm-hmm. Now we have multi-generation customers we have a picture someone asked me about the picture yesterday it's a little boy who's 18 months old, sitting in a high chair here, gnawing on a rib. Okay. He was brought in by his grandfather, who was a very regular customer here. And the other day, about two weeks ago, this young man pulls up in a big Ford F-150 truck, jumps out, girl jumps out, 19 years old, right? Comes on in and I said, where do you want to sit? He goes, I want to sit next to my picture and show my girlfriend me eating a rib you know you you sit here and you go that kind of stuff you can't quantify no that a grandfather brings in his grandson who's Mm -hmm. now bringing in his girlfriend and you know when this boy has a child he's going to come in and want to show his Mm -hmm. child that picture and we have so many people so many guys come in who are in their 30s and 40s and go I used to come here with my grandfather. Where's our picture? Where's this? Oh. And so that's the kind of thing that's hard to to quantify. Mm-hmm. We serve a we we don't just serve barbecue. Now the barbecue we serve is pretty damn good. Or doesn't matter what your history is. Yeah, you wouldn't be a business. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd be a museum at that point. Yeah, we're a functioning, thriving yeah. restaurant. So. We've always got to be changing with how the barbecue market world changes, but don't change too much. No way. Because when old Sam comes in, he wants it to be like he remembered back in the fifties. You see, he will be very upset. He has has this picture it's a connection. It's he needs a connection. It's a connection in a city with very few connections. Yeah, Houston, left. I'm sure. Houston is uh, a city where oh, tear it down, build it new, or mm-hmm. taller, shinier. So there's very little left of what we are. So we have to really walk this tightrope about staying relevant and staying historical. Yeah, that's and that's, and that's a not tough. Not really easy, you know. That's like you take a you take a, a a movie theater that's been around since the '40s, and there's a one or two in town mm-hmm. that can't compete with a multiplex because you just can't put enough bodies in it right Mm -hmm. and and, but but the nostalgia is there so somehow you find a way to stay open so we've got to honor our past feed the nostalgia but but stay relevant enough to a kid who's only 25 years old who has no clue about any of this yeah so who's it was just jumping into really the
0: barbecue world and learning about it and excited about trying everything yeah that's correct that's a, it's a tightrope it is it's,
1: a, it's really a tightrope to stay relevant it's wow. very difficult
0: that's and i want to discuss what you guys offer and how you do that but how did you get involved how did you guys get involved i kind of, i read it online
1: but i'd like to hear it from you how did i get here <laughs>
0: that pause was a very important pause how did
1: i get here yeah, how did you get in front of me um, which time uh, <laughs> honestly i was past this place for years on my way home and had no idea what it was actually i thought it was a catering company because i would pass by in the evenings and the metal grates would be closed and padlocked. i didn't know i thought they punched out some food in the morning and went home never saw yeah seen- like a commissary
0: kitchen I, or something. Like
1: or... a commissary kitchen and paint was peeling on the outside. It was just terrible. So I had no, no connection to it whatsoever. I was in partners with a, a pretty well-known restaurant tour here in town, and I did some consulting on the side. And this restaurant tour is a distant cousin of Jerry Pizzatola. Okay. Oh, okay. So Jerry was Coming to a point in his life where he's like, you know, I, I I've got to go left or leave, type of deal, and I can't leave because I'm sort of running it out of a shoebox, mm-hmm. so I, I, I need this thing packaged and bundled. Either find somebody to come in, or for me to be able to sell it. Mm-hmm. So he called his cousin and said, "Man, do you know of somebody who can consult, come in and do this?" And he goes, "Yeah, I know a guy. I'll, I'll call you back." So. I got the call that night. I said, yeah, I love doing that. I'm raising a house full of four kids. You know, every extra penny helps. So I came over and met the guy and I'm like, man, this is, it was like three 30 in the afternoon. And the chairs on one half of the re- there's only one room, the chairs on one half were put up and there was a yellow nylon rope going across. And I said, what's wrong? Oh, well, we don't use this half at night. So we don't want people to sit there. So we just put a yellow rope up and put the chairs on the <laughs> tables. If you want to eat, you can eat over here. So I said, well, okay. Interesting. I said, I'd like some of the barbecue chicken. Oh, it's it's all gone. We sold it at lunch. Okay. Like a baked potato. We sold those at lunch too. We don't have any. What well, can I have some banana pudding? No, we sold out of that too. So I said, why, why are you open? You know, <laughs> so I got out my cell phone. I called Jerry. I went, you know, I'm trying to eat in your restaurant and there's no food. Why are you here? You know, what, what, what we made enough today. We're all I'm home drinking. And, uh, you know, it was just this real
0: laissez-faire
1: attitude. So I said, okay, I'll help you. So I came in, started trying to put some loose systems in just trying to, you know, what, what, what's going on, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was doing that for about four months and I had a six month contract. And uh, Jerry called me one day, he goes, look, I'm just going to pay you out for six months. You know, we're good. And I I figured I was asking too many questions at that point. So I said, not a big deal. He goes, I found an operating partner. I'm going to make him an offer. We're all fine. I said, okay. He goes, do you want to know who it is? I said, no, not really. He goes, well, it's you, damn it. So I went, it's me. He goes, yeah. So I was like, Okay, so uh, there, there we were. So I didn't know I, I had come from many years in the restaurant business, where everything's cooked to order. You know, you you make something, you sell it. You need another chicken breast, you grill it, mm-hmm. you sell it. All of a sudden, to a barbecue world, which is you think two days in advance, what am going to need? Because you have to start cooking it the day before in order to serve it. Fingers crossed. We sell yeah. it all so we don't have expensive trash or we have enough to where we don't tell customers we don't have it and you lose a sale. So it was a completely different uh, uh, mentality. Oh, yeah. That was the hardest thing to learn. You, I could learn how long does a brisket stay on? What's this? What's that? What's this cut of meat? You know, all, all those little technical things, although very complicated, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to minimize yeah, the but those could be taught. The hard thing to teach was the the forecasting. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Where's the sweet spot? You know, always trying to define the sweet yeah. spot. And the time of year, the day of the week. It's all everything. Yeah. Everything. And cumulatively, I'd say I'm close to 20 years here doing that in it's still a crapshoot. Yeah. You know, it yesterday, nobody today. No tables open, you know, and so you're going like, well, how do you make those adjustments? How do you do do all that? So that's always been the hard thing. The easy thing is taking care of a customer, making people happy, telling yourself to allow the guys who are in the kitchen, working the pits to do what they do, because Mm -hmm. they're far better at it than I am. And it's really learning all that.
0: Well, then you got involved that 20 so, years I, ago.
1: So I got involved and then a series of events in my life. A few years ago, I walked away and said, I'm done. I'm finished. Jerry, Jerry sort of had some health challenges, so he couldn't really work anymore. So he phased himself out and the business came up for sale. And a very good friend of mine purchased it, bless his heart, two months before COVID lockdowns. Wow. Yeah. You know, go figure yeah so, so, that's, so that's willie madden is that willie madden okay so so willie purchases it and he calls me and he goes got any ideas how to figure out coven i was like no in two weeks we're all going back to work it's all going to be great right yeah but, well during those two weeks we both realized this is what <laughs> in the business at that point had already been into a natural decline and so it was important for the business's life Health to ramp up sales, change things that had been really left unattended for about a year, year and a half. Okay. And then I also tried to navigate COVID. So I told him, I said, Well, I, there, there's no playbook. You know, we'll just make it up. So I agreed to come help Willie for six months. And unfortunately, during that time, he passed away. Oh. So here I am again. And so two and a half years ago, I said I'd come help for about six months. And I lied. (laughs) And so fortunately, we survived COVID. You know, we were very lucky. Was it heavy on, obviously heavy on to go? Well, you know, for us, about 80% of our our business model was that 80% of our sales were done before we opened. We were heavily into corporate catering. Heavily. Well, overnight, that light switch got turned off. It was gone. So it forced us to... Redo a business model, so we had to get into the to go. We have a very small dining room. We could not effectively do the six feet circumference around each table. You know, yeah. where we gave us five tables, so yeah, we that it we makes it, sense. Yeah. Well, well, we technically did it, and then we seated whoever came in wherever the hell they wanted to see because yeah. you weren't going to turn down any money. Yeah. You know, you had to do delivery partnerships and all that kind of stuff that we didn't want to do, but you you had to do as life started to be breathed back into everything our dining room came up now the flip side the positive is we had a lot of time on our hands and we were in a position where we had to make some real changes in order to be relevant and so we made those changes we made an investment in the business during those times to make those changes to get us to where we are today. In anticipation of, yeah. In anticipate you know, blow your wad and hope you live, basically. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's a what, bet.
0: It is a gamble. A,
1: it's, a, it's a bet. And so that's what we did. So we brought in new pitmasters. We changed the, 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 the method of cooking brisket here because we, we, we were always getting browbeaten on our brisket wasn't up to par with what everything else we did. So we said, well, let's take that opportunity to change it. Let's look at everything we prepare. All of our desserts were done outhouse. We moved it all in-house. Okay. We moved it in-house. A, we had time. B, we had the labor. C, why not? Yeah. So it forced us to do that. We revamped our menu dramatically, added, added about 30% of the menu became new items. Wow. So we weren't being judged on uh, things we would have never served here. Okay. We were strictly meat and potato, meat and potato, meat and potato. So we, we expanded on that. We added brunch, barbecue brunch. So we did all these kind of things because out of necessity and with the understanding that how do we become relevant to the 30 and under crowd? Yeah, uh, That gamble has paid off. Funny
0: how of that uh, something like a pandemic would shift well, that.
1: I w- I will tell you this. Had it not been for that, I think we would have died a very slow death. It was that, okay... Let's pick a new color scheme for the outside. Let's redesign the logo. Let's update and refresh in the dining room. So all these things that we never did before, because you sort of didn't have to, people still came in. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, when they weren't coming in, you looked around and go, that changed this, changed that, changed the other thing. So we worked really hard during the pandemic looking down the road again, it could have been a total waste of time, money, and and the jury may yeah. still be out. We don't know, but it was the course that we decided to take.
0: Yeah, it seems like it was a. It's to me, at least right now, it seems like a, a smart move. Did you get because because the offset become relevant again? I think you yeah, I mean, have, yeah. and and also too, it, it's it adds excitement. It adds something different for people to that maybe had come 15 years ago started,
1: or, so, started social media which yeah. we didn't have okay <laughs> I mean, you know you know you understand yeah, it, that yeah. kind of stuff
0: because i'd always heard your name but i didn't know a whole lot about you and i haven't had a chance to visit since you know okay. I've, been, I've been helping my mom uh through a number yeah. of surgeries and stuff so i understand that's why but uh but it's but it's interesting did you did you get the pit the offset smoker or was that during
1: during during correct so then you
0: and then so then you had to you know fine-tune and that we had so to you,
1: figure out how to learn that.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> we've
1: never done that before. Because could the, you could describe your pits, your original pits that you still have? Be sure. They are think of a refrigerator box, a box that a refrigerator comes in, mm-hmm. cardboard box on its side. Okay. All made of brick with big stainless steel lids that open up. And one level of grates, and you build a fire at one end, and you go for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is it is literally a, a brick rectangle. It's a triple wall pit. It has a, a a wall of brick, air gap, wall of brick, air gap, wall of brick. Oh, interesting. So it is very cold to the touch on the exterior. No mechanization to raise grates up or down. They are static. It's just natural flow of air. There's no dampers. Nothing you can open or close to regulate airflow. No thermometers, no cool. temperature control. When I tell you that it is, think of the 1930s, a brick rectangle with a big steel top with, if I if, if I say window sash weights, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, Along yeah. mm-hmm. pieces of iron, right? They have window sash weights on a pulley and you lift them up and that's what holds them up or holds them down. I mean, right. that's how sophisticated it is wow and, have it. Two,
0: and you have two of those right we have two of them
1: and they're about i would say 12 feet long by four four and a half feet wide Wow, and that's it and they are on the ground build a fire on one end that's sticking out in the kitchen it's about as primitive
0: it sounds old soul old school they're very old school it, it, like it is, it but
1: there's a flavor that's imparted in, mm-hmm. in that in that pit also helps determine our method of cooking we cook at a high high heat pretty rapidly everything that gets cooked on those pits now the only thing we cook on those pits is anything that that has a bone okay okay anything without a bone is cooked on the offset so if we take chicken or ribs uh we throw them right on top of the flame and they sear for 20 minutes on each side and then they are slow walk. Certain distance with pitchforks, different... until they until they sit at the back of the pit, and then they'll sit back there for an hour on the cold end. And our and our pit range temp, pit temperature ranges from the hot side at maybe 450, 500 degrees to the cold side, which is maybe one hundred and twenty five degrees. Oh, interesting. So when they sit on the back of the pit, all they're doing is just absorbing smoke. That's that's all it is. Is just absorbing as much smoke as it can. So you get a completely different flavor. The only seasonings we use are, are are table salt and table pepper. That's it. But because it's such a quick cook, someone's eyes have to be on it the, the entire. Yeah, because, time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's that quick. It'd ruin your food pretty quick if you correct. correct. <laughs> it will ruin your food. Now the brisket's or or butts or anything else like that, turkey breast, anything boneless is cooked on the offset. And, and that's the flip side of the coin. That's Two and a quarter, standard. Yeah, the solid temperature never never deviates. Someone is there, you know, every thirty minutes checking it, making sure everything stays static. So it's a completely there. It's all about rotation, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, whereas inside, it's about get it, get it, get it, get it. So is
0: that is? Do you have a pit room that that is in, or did you put it out back, or is it a different? Okay, the offset,
1: the offset, yeah. The offset is in a different room, yeah. in an actual pit room, <laughs> it's not in the kitchen. But the obviously. big pits are in the middle of the kitchen, they are wow. just right there. That's crazy. I've they talked to a couple hot.
0: people that places, yeah, that have said it gets really hot and uh, it's yeah. really
1: hot. Uh, <laughs> they catch on fire mm-hmm. because there's so much grease and there's such a high heat that they will catch fire. And we'll have we have fire hoses and we've got to put out fires, yeah. And we've had like one, one years ago, and I forget, we were packed. We had a line out the door. Oh, no. And these firemen come running in. And people are eating. Go in the kitchen. They put the fire out. They were eating at a restaurant next door and saw the roof on fire because <laughs> the fire had gone through the flue, sort of like a chimney flue, and it caught the roof on fire. We never skipped a beat in here. People kept <laughs> eating. We kept serving Love... Okay, they're done. Okay, bye. <laughs> we'll bring you all barbecue tomorrow. Okay. Oh, that is so crazy. The fire station down the road, brought it to them. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a very interesting,
0: interesting. It needs to be something that people need to pay attention to. It has it to be watched. That's an and, and we really
1: watch that. Yes, we watch that pretty intently.
0: Do you cook sides and things on the
1: on those pits? Everything. We bake all of our desserts on those pits. That's interesting. It cook? makes sense. It's like a giant oven. Maybe. It's like a giant oven. Uh, wow. We make all of our sides on that pit. Uh, we bake bread on that pit.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That,
1: yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Have, the <laughs> only cooking equipment we have is we have a stockpot burner in the pits. That's it. That is. Uh, we I, have love, stock, I love I love We that. have a stockpot burner and the pits. And if you can't do it on, we actually have a little induction hot plate that we purchased, which is where we make the custard for the banana pudding. Okay. And that's it. Wow, that's amazing.
0: What was the menu when he was serving at his house? It was probably very, very,
1: the menu was slim, right? It was brisket, chicken, ribs and sausage, beans, potato salad, and coleslaw. And that was it. We still use the same family to do our sausage that started with Mr. Davis. Uh They're on their third generation and the guy delivered it today. And the third generation guy is 71, and uh, oh my he's gosh. like he's they like need... when i go he goes i you know i can't they need to get another person It <laughs> ain't no problem they need... uh, but they're third generation and he drives all the way from cistern texas which is out west of schulenberg oh my gosh. he's on the road two and a half hours to get here with sausage wow. uh, but they have a big they have a big operation yeah. so but but you know it's all it's it's just like it always was
0: so are, are most of the recipes from the original set, but not the new things that you've brought on, how are they pretty much the same? or are the people coming in saying, okay, this tastes the same. I'm remembering this or... We have you must have tweaked some stuff.
1: Oh yes. Now the brisket Let's start with the ribs because we, we're really known as a rib house. Okay. Uh, the ribs are cooked is the, the same way that they were when Mr. Davis started his house. Now we use a different cut. Uh, when mr davis did it he served a full-bodied rib mm-hmm. we served st louis cut rib that okay. change was made in about 1985 86 and that was strictly prompted by the customer mix changing okay mm-hmm. our customer didn't want to mess with that whole yeah top of the rib okay uh chicken is still done the same exact way that it was done in Jasper Texas still done that way uh the ribs are, uh, are still cooked in the same method it's just a different cut the uh, sausage is still the same yeah uh, the brisket is done differently obviously now because yeah. we do an offset the sides uh the side recipe for the beans and the potato salad were actually Jerry Pisatola's mother's Oh, recipes so those were changed the dessert recipes began as Jerry Pizzatola Jerry Pizzatola's mother used to make the desserts at her house which was about 45 minutes away and drive them here every morning wow and she went into a nursing home and that had to stop so people here took it over for a while and then when Jerry became less hands on that went to a bakery and so we brought it in-house but no so many things are still the sauce interestingly enough the sauce is still the original mr davis sauce okay. and we catch a lot of crap about the sauce it's a it's a thin watery sauce and i'm, I'm going in my wallet because i'm going to show you i still keep it in my wallet because i make it this is the sauce recipe oh i on love a tattered that. on a tattered piece of paper <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh. Uh, it, it's so cryptic that I mean, I could give everybody a copy and they'd have no idea, but that's still, now I don't ever take this out other than to show somebody, but we still make the sauce according to Mr. Davis's recipe. So there are a lot of things that have been around for 87 mm-hmm. years.
0: So was that uh, something that people, because it, it's a different type of sauce than they're used to? And is that why they're complaining? You either
1: love it or you hate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, we'll have people here and go, thank God the sauce is still the same. hmm um, uh now we do do a secondary sauce now which is very different from the original sauce which i prefer actually more uh but we do get beaten up online you know oh their sauce is terrible it's so thin it's watery uh, and then on the other flip side it's like you have to understand the history and why that's a sauce from the 30s yes. and it really didn't have sauce and and you know all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't need sauce that kind of stuff so we do hold on to a, a lot of those mm-hmm. touchstones, maybe, is the word. That's a yeah. That's a good way to put it. But it's a it's a blessing and a curse.
0: Yeah, I know. You, you um, always expect to get complaints from time to time because you're going to
1: get it, and you yeah. you want to go, idiot. Yeah, you know, you, you know, go go read a history book or something. You mm-hmm.
0: know, no, there's a place uh, that used to be open for 85 years over in Burbank near here, and uh-huh. the sauce was a thin. It was right. Oklahoma style, which I don't even know what Oklahoma style means, but it was so bizarre. I loved it because my parents loved it and we brought it and you just right but it was most people were like this isn't it was like strange it was different but i loved it because that's
1: the case here nostalgic Uh, so nostalgic so i mean we deal with with those kind of things but we feel as though in in a weird way we're caretakers with a lot of pressure on our back
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know it's got to go right you can't bottle nostalgia no you know you, you can't and you can't take you, you can't deposit nostalgia in the bank so you have to make the sale you know we will have customers that we we served for 20 30 years like an, like a law firm and then all of a sudden you won't get any business from them anymore and you'll call and go, well he retired you know and you go now who do I have to woo <laughs> yeah. so you, you, you you're always having to mm-hmm. do that you can't rest on your laurels mm-hmm. you know for a long time i I used to get frustrated. We get mentioned in the paper a lot, and it was always oldest barbecue restaurant in the city, second oldest restaurant in the city. I'm like, why aren't they talking about the food? Because mm-hmm. that's not the story they wanted to write. There's no, you know, hot new chef full of tattoos in the kitchen putting out something. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, and, I and know that's that. not to demean anyone. No, just, but it's it's uh, not, uh, and it's
0: also not know. the new. Uh, like uh, newspapers are always looking for the new, the new,
1: the, the, the new, the new, and we're the old. You know, Uh, uh, I got a call today from uh, the Discovery Channel and it was a a producer. They're doing a story on a uh, on a true crime murder that happened here 35 years ago in Houston, Houston area. And they're sort of doing a follow up because someone wrote a book and. They said, we want to interview you in a nostalgic. Historic little Houston institution, and so we're it so they're gonna they're gonna come film so i told her i said doesn't sound like this is about the food no she goes it's not it's about i was like well so i guess you want to just use this as a, yeah, so yeah yeah was, yeah sort of we'll put you in the closing credits i said which no one reads but that's okay come on it'll be fun the customer- yeah it'll
0: be something different, yeah, be
1: something different. <laughs> come on next friday sit down you know that's that's it'll lead to something it'll lead to something someone will write something it'll be good on social media
0: yeah yeah and then it'll it'll, it'll give you something to talk about it's
1: all it's never that's all it is discovery
0: channel and they don't they can hear discovery channel and not even know that it was was
1: (laughs) did you see the barbecue they're they're (laughs) going to be on the discovery channel yes we are our chair and our (laughs) table and the, the shitty old paneling so that's <laughs> you know that's it that's fine
0: you had mentioned new things could we talk about the new things that,
1: are, that you've instituted first of all we added a uh it's called the ultimate chef salad would you say a normal chef salad would have what turkey ham and whatever yeah, else on. So- Well, this is sliced brisket smoked turkey and uh, sausage and people love that you know it's a way to eat barbecue and, and, and go the- home and say, honey, I had a salad for lunch. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's one. Number two is we do a frito pie, which we had never done. And, you know, we yeah. might sell 10 or 12 of those a day, which is a lot. Yeah. they're filling. That, very filling. We do now a hand ground brisket burger. And that's new and selling a ton of those. A smoked brisket burger. I love them. Now, it's just not a burger between two they made a special habanero barbecue sauce to go with it Uh, mayo. It's on a a artisan challah bun that's made just for us. So it's all, it's, it's not a burger. It was a way to take something which was going in the trash, basically the the trimmings of the brisket and turn it into something. Now that restaurant critic for the Chronicle does a Friday burger deal and said, you know, like she was blown away with this type of burger. Now, a lot of people serve a brisket burger, but it was taken to a different level. But do it's a good
0: you, option for people that aren't
1: into barbecue. Correct. Equipment. That's correct. Uh, that's we good. do a barbecue brunch on a Saturday, uh, which we bake on the pits, a uh, jalapeno cheddar biscuit, big like a oh. big old cat head biscuit. Yeah, I love, I love
0: cat, the cat heads.
1: Well, <laughs> I can tell you sort of the size, right? But yeah. everything about that, uh, it's, it's stuffed with chopped brisket a fried egg is served with the potatoes like new potatoes that are smoked on the pit and some fruit well that's flying out of here like I love that. crazy the enchiladas mm. the brisket smoked brisket enchiladas that we do on a friday again using trim from brisket they're phenomenal they are, they, so are good. they are phenomenal we sell those by the tray now those have been extremely popular. They're, they're very popular, believe it or not, when, when guys are going to their ranch in South Texas to hunt for the weekend, uh-huh. they come in and buy a whole tray, you know, 18 or 24 enchiladas, they'll take them and they can put them on their barbecue pit out there if they're out in the nowhere or something and just let them heat up. And, yeah. and those, things are, those things are very, very popular. Queso, believe it or not, I, I was like, who the hell's going to come barbecue I think need queso it's crazy how much queso we sell queso really? brisket and homemade chips so all those kind of things that someone of my age was going like oh you can't make you know I, I'm I'm the biggest culprit of you can't change you know then I have to go tell myself no you have to change uh but these are some new items that are running about you know 20 percent of our of our menu mix uh, and our item sales, we're still going to be brisket and ribs. I mean, that's, Uh that's why you're still going to sell beans and potato salad. Uh, we introduced Texas caviar as sort of a healthy side alternative, uh, roasted corn topped with uh, crema and cojita cheese. You know, we introduced them going and now they're just churning and churning and churning, but you're still going to sell potato salad and beans. That's just, you know, people come in with, that's what I'm gonna have, but but surprisingly the other the other items are are, are moving up the chain. And you have what three desserts you make in house? Uh we have the original three were homemade banana pudding, which is still our number one selling dessert, mm-hmm. a, a Texas chocolate sheet cake, yeah, which is cola cake, whatever whatever you want to call it, uh, and a coconut pineapple cake. Ah, now the kitchen took and completely elevated the coconut pineapple cake to where it's the sponge cake is, is, is soaked in real coconut extract. Then the pineapple, they're taking fresh pineapples puree. Uh. That's becoming the, the, the filling as opposed to a can of crushed Dole pineapple, you know? So all those sort of things, Uh homemade cheesecake, uh, the Texas pecan pie is most probably my favorite. We make a miniature pie, maybe five inches, you know, across. The dough is made here. The pie filling is here. It has a little bit of bourbon in it, and then it's smoked on the pit. So you get this smokiness. The whipped cream has a little bourbon in it. So, uh-huh. again, we took here, we were getting the pecan pies farmed out to a, a, a local commissary, basically, to now something, you know, just just a completely different yes. So even though it's still comp pie on the menu, it's at now, all of this, all, everything I'm talking about, the gentleman who whose kitchen is uh, Udell Hernandez, and he is responsible for all of this. I can sit here and we can talk about it and say how great and wonderful it is, but he is the enchilada. He is the biscuit. He is all the desserts. He is why the, the, the items coming off the pit are so much better. He is the burger. He is the new sides. Uh, he, he is all of that. All, another example, uh, we didn't make any of our salad dressings here. Now all of our salad dressings are made here. Again, that's Udell bringing that level of professionalism. That's great to have. To the kitchen. So where before you would just look and say, man, that guy working the pit is this or that. Well, now it's not just the center of the plate. It's the whole plate that gets mm-hmm. touched. And that's that think is the difference.
0: Okay. And that's important. And that's really that's it,
1: really important to know. That yeah, that's that's, that's really important. important to know. That's really important to know that that we were here prior to you, Dell and now we're here with Udell. That the whole thing ha, ha, has mm-hmm. has bumped up because of that. Wow. So, you know, it's like a new engine on an old train.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did he come
1: around before COVID or no, right? no, it was part of this whole what do we do now type type of thing.
0: And for people to know, it's not line up meat market style. You sit down, No,
1: it's full table service. You come in, uh, you're greeted by someone, sits you, hands you a menu. You're given a cloth napkin with your hard silverware, real silverware. (laughs) Your order is taken. You you can order an appetizer, get that. And and appetizers run about 25% of our total sales. Wow. Uh, you get that. Uh, if you have anything with a bone, if you have ribs or chicken, you're then brought at the end of your meal, a steaming, moist, hot towel I, I love that to love wipe that. your face and that's wipe it. up. Okay. <laughs> now you talk about that, that's 18, 20 cents each mm-hmm. to hit a table. So, you know, we have, we have built in costs because of our table service. Okay. You know, people will come in and go like, uh, there's no line here well no there's not but a dining room is full of people waiting that if you that if you translated that to a line the line would would be be tied down to the corner yeah but this is you know this is how it is and so it's it's a great place because you can have the mayor of houston who eats here almost every week at one table and you can have a sanitation worker at the next table wearing his you know reflective vest And it all works, you know. Today there were two big oil deals cut here in the dining room at lunch. (laughs) It's just that's how it is, Uh. you know. It's just what it is. Barbecue, I think, is the most equalizing food that there is. Oh yeah, it transcends race, socioeconomic status, gender. It's it's the most equalizing thing that you can serve. And so when you put a good product in a room, everybody's going to come. Yeah, and everybody just sort of gets along. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. Like, it's
0: like a, it's a really unique, a little oasis in the middle of the chaos that I, is life.
1: I, I did fine dining for, cut my teeth on fine dining out of college, and you go, like, man, I didn't, I didn't know there was a good table and a bad table. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know there was a good spot and a bad spot. I didn't know. There's a whole the cream world. Cream was the wrong temperature for your <laughs> coffee, type of deal. None mm-hmm. of that happens here, you mm-hmm. know. So that's, that's great. So it's curves. great
0: that, but it's great for people to know that if if they come, they're not going to have to wait in line. They can come sit. You come sit them down. Themselves. We're
1: going to get you something. We're going to get you something. Appetizer and then yeah, something. Right. So you don't have to come and go. Oh, crackers! I, I need to stand in line forty-five minutes before I get up there. Maybe they have what I want. Maybe they don't yeah, have. They'll a, be
0: sold out you know, by the yeah.
1: Get it wrapped up in paper, and then what do I do? Then I've got to go find a place to sit, and then. Mm-hmm. Got, so here, it's more of a something of an experience to go through. And what days uh, of the week you open? You're not open Sundays, is that only yeah. Sunday? We're closed. Okay. And what hours? Every day, eleven to eight. That's what we're open to the public is eleven to eight,
0: and that's great because that's an evening option that people don't have now it's it's
1: always tough i don't i don't think people really view barbecue as a nighttime meal it's more of a gathering you know now we have a certain amount of catering for nighttime but we're lucky we serve 40 50 people in the dining room so it's not as it's tough it's tough but we have to be here because we have pitch rolling so i always say it's sort of like that that grocery store model you had people stocking all night, so all you had to do was buy yeah. a cashier, and you could be open twenty-four hours a day. Yeah, definitely. So we're we're open because we have a kitchen functioning, and so that's that's why we're out here. Gotcha.
0: But if someone comes in at six, they can get food. They get fed.
1: They yeah. can get anything. We'll we'll have everything.
0: Yeah. Well, if they fly into town, we are for not. A we are not in the. And...
1: I'm sorry, we're sold out. Yeah. Now, we do run out of a couple of things, but there's yeah. always another option. Definitely.
0: No, I think that's important in people's head because I had talked to Daniel Vaughn about how he pre-plans barbecue trips. Yeah. And a lot of times he looks at the times. And so if there's a place that's open later in the day, he'll try to hit places earlier than... That right. Was Correct. And so it's, so it, for, for people that are listening to this or watching this, knowing... And
1: he that, does, when he yeah. comes here, oftentimes it's late. It's five or later. Yeah. So he, so he's yeah. the,
0: it's it's a strategic... Yeah. his mind. I understand that everyone has a different business model. Yeah, but that's great. This is this has been fantastic. Is there anything that people need to know that we haven't talked about? Gosh, I, I, I'm so glad Darren connected us because I, I wanted to talk to you guys for a long time. But this is
1: I've learned so much more than well, I imagined. we you know, history is important to us. It's yeah. what we are, and we we feel as though we have a a responsibility to honor the legacy of Mr. and Mrs. Davis, period. Unfortunately, when they were operating this business, you didn't have people running around giving out accolades, Mm -hmm. okay? But they deserve all the credit because they began this. And luckily enough, the Texas Historical Commission has just honored us or is getting ready. We got a notice that we're being honored. And it's basically to honor the legacy that began in 1935 with Mr. and Mrs. Davis, then went to Jerry Pizzatola and where we are today that we are a family owned business that stuck it out for 87 years. You know, I tell people, they go, wow, that's a long time. I said, well, think about this. We started in the, in the great depression yeah, Yeah. on the backside of great depression. We've been through world war II, Korea, Vietnam, the Gulf Wars, Afghanistan, oil booms, oil busts, pandemic, pandemic <laughs> social unrest. We have been through every major event that kids learn about in school. This place has lived it. Yeah, That's a little hard. You know, we've seen Houston sort of go from a cow town to an oil boom town to a bust town. To where it is now, and we're still in this, yeah, tin shed on Shepherd Drive, still doing what we do.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was going to ask you. What do you like? How? I don't know exactly. I don't know where you are. Like, if you were to describe how where you are, are you near things that people can put their mind around? Or how do they? I don't
1: know. We say that we're Greater Heights. The Heights has become sort of. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the outskirts of the Heights. We're between. River, we have River Oaks on one side of us. Okay. West U below us, the heights above us, and downtown to the east. So we're sort of right in this. Technically, this neighborhood is called West End Houston. It was the West End of Houston. Okay. That's okay. A... <laughs> Memorial Park, which is basically our back door, was, was called Camp Logan. And that's where the soldiers trained for World War 1. Wow. And the Davises will tell you that they would watch the soldiers get off the trains and go to Camp Logan, which is the next freeway exit. Okay. So, this was the west end of town. Nothing was further west. This was the out of town. Everything was downtown or a little south. Nothing was really north of where we are. So, this was the outskirts. So, we're here where all of Houston grew up around us and so we're stuck in this little pocket now gentrification has com- is completely changing the neighborhood Oops. and because of that our taxes have you know gone <laughs> of course ten thousand yeah. percent because of that you know we've gone shepherd drive was a two lane one each way shell road and in the picture you can see that so now it's four lanes north four lanes south wow. so yeah. i mean you know all this and we're still here
0: yeah yeah. so if you're staying downtown how long would it take you to get to you like say someone
1: came we, into we are halfway between the galleria and downtown on i-10 we're blocked from i-10 okay so you can take i-10 coming out of downtown and you're here in 10 or 15 minutes you take coming out of the galleria come in here 10 or 15 minutes you know we a lot of people will eat here before an astros game because they can pop right on the freeway and the freeway leaves you off right at the stadium so oh, perfect of that it was pretty 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 easy location
0: yeah sounds like it definitely yeah. and if you're taking that trip from uh the pacific ocean on the 10 you could <laughs> You can you get off
1: on Shepherd Drive. On Shepherd Drive, and then you just veer a little bit to yeah. the right, and there we are. <laughs> That's know? perfect. And there's uh, a gas station on either side, so you gas up, <laughs> you gas
0: up, up get food, and going. then keep on going and to Florida. Go go you
1: know? <laughs> oh uh, well,
0: this has been so great. Yeah, I actually, you're a good I, guy. Thank you so much.